Genesis chapter 29 and verse 31. Father, we just thank you for your word and that your word has the power to change our lives. Genesis chapter 29 and verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has looked upon my affliction. For now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore a son. And said, because the Lord has heard that I am hated. He has given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. Again she conceived and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will be attached to me. The word attached there is joined in the Hebrew because I've borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi, meaning joining or joined or attached. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she ceased bearing. I want to speak to you on the power of commitment. How many of you know that Jacob worked seven years for Rachel? Rachel was the love of his life. Leah was her sister. Leah was the eldest. She was not as beautiful as Rachel. And Jacob was deceived by Laban. And at the end of seven years, he got Leah. He was, of course, upset because he wanted Rachel. But the Bible says that it was Leah that brought forth children for Jacob, much more than Rachel. Why? Because the Lord saw that she was hated. And I'm here to tell you that God will bless you. Sometimes He'll bless you just because of the way things have happened against you. The mistreatment, the hatred, the opposition, the rejection. Sometimes God will just bless you, make you more fruitful, make you more abundant, make you stand out. But I also want you to note that it's not only the beautiful things in life that make us more fruitful. Leah wasn't as beautiful as Rachel, but she made Jacob more fruitful. We like to post the beautiful things. We like to talk about the beautiful things. We like to celebrate the beautiful things. We like to let everybody see and know the beautiful things. But I want you to know, it's sometimes the unattractive, the ugly, the stuff you don't want anybody to see, the stuff you don't let anybody know about. Sometimes those seasons and circumstances will make you produce much more fruit, make you more fruitful because God has the power to bless you when you are committed to see his purpose fulfilled for your life. In fact, Jacob was so committed to Rachel that he worked another seven years for her. Fourteen years he worked for Rachel. He was committed to having Rachel. And I want you to know that there are things that will happen in your life that you have not yet seen. If you will just wholly throw yourself into it. And commit yourself to it. If you will commit to prayer. 
if you will commit to the vision of this house, if you will commit to your family, if you will commit to the things of God, if you will commit to seeing that business flourish and succeed, and you throw yourself wholly into it, you will embrace and hold the dream that you have inside of you, the vision that you have inside of you, the purpose of God for your life. You see, Jacob wasn't passive. He wasn't casual about it. He didn't just say, you know, I'll work seven days for Rachel. He, he didn't even give up when he was deceived and Leah was given him. He said, I'll work for her. I'll, I want, I'm committed to having Rachel in my life. The power of commitment will make you do things. Will make you get out of bed. Will make you de defy every reason to make you stop. Commitment will make you go through times of hardship and opposition and setbacks and lies and betrayal and lack. It will make you like Jacob wake up before everybody else and work through the cold winters mornings and nights. Just because you believe that that is your promise from God. There's power in commitment. And God blesses commitment. And I want you to know that when we are passive and casual about our lives, about our future, about our dreams, and about our families, if we are passive about the vision of this house, we will never have it. To be passive, to be complacent or lethargic in any area of life will cause you to miss out on the best that God has for you. And I want you to know that some people have settled for Leah's and yet God has a Rachel for you. But you have to commit to it. You have to throw yourself wholly into it. You have to reject the apathy. Passive husbands Passive leaders, passive businesswomen, passive church members operate on a 30 or 60-fold level. But committed people operate on a 100-fold level. I don't know about you, but I don't want a 30, 60-fold return in my marriage, in my sons, in my finance, and in the ministry. I want to operate on the 100-fold level where every area of my life is giving me the fullness of the return that I'm believing for. And it depends on my commitment to whatever I do in the kingdom of God. No giant will come down in your life without you being committed to bringing it down. You cannot go into any kind of warfare and face any giant wondering about it, double-minded about it, not committed to it. Those giants will remain in your life. If you want to take down the giants, whatever the giants may be, you've got to be committed to seeing that giant come down. You can sing, you can pray, you can dance, you can spin around, and the giant will not come down. I, let me tell you, the giant will not come down just by being in church. The giants in your life will come down when, like David, you walk out and you face them and you say, I'm not leaving without your head in my hand. I am destroying you. I'm bringing you down. I'm committed to taking you out. Are there any people like that here ready to take down giants? 
You've got to commit to it. Because you cannot conquer what you don't commit to conquer. Raise your hand with me and say this. Say, I'm committed to conquer every giant in my life. Now, the word commitment means to surrender. It means to believe. It means to abandon yourself to someone else. It means to sacrifice yourself for another. Apathy is the opposite of that. Apathy is to be selfish or to have a selfish desire. So commitment to God means I deliberately, willingly give my body to God. My soul, my spirit, I commit to God. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. When you commit your spirit, your soul, and your body to God as a living sacrifice, when you commit your life to God, God will cause His blessing to come and make you fruitful in your life. Now, why is it that many people are not fully committed to the Lord? Because there's a lot of people that have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. They love God. They love their families. But they never go beyond that point. And the reason why many people can't commit like that is because they don't know God intimately. When you know who God is, when you know Him intimately, you are able to abandon yourself. When you know God intimately, you are able to trust Him fully. When you know God intimately, you're able to surrender yourself completely to Him and say, I commit myself to you because I know you and I trust you. Moses was dealing with this when he encountered God in the desert. When God spoke to him out of the fire, God said to him, I am sending you. And Moses said, who are you? He didn't know God intimately. He had heard about God. But he didn't know God intimately at this point. And God answered him. God said to him who he was. God said to him in Exodus 3, 6, he says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So God reveals himself to Moses and says, Moses, I am the God of your father. This is who I am. And, and people of God, let me tell you, when you know who God is, when you encounter Him, when you know Him intimately, you will have power to commit to Him. Like a Moses. A Moses who was confused. A Moses who didn't know who he was. Am I Hebrew? Am I Egyptian? He wasn't raised in the house of his father and mother. He was raised in the house of an Egyptian princess. But he was struggling with who he was. He was struggling with who God is. 
But when God revealed himself to him, how many of you know God said to him, I am who I am. He said, God, what is your name? God said, I am that I am. So God revealed himself to Moses as the God of your past, your present, and your future. I am your God for all eternity. I am the one who is in everything and who makes everything. I am the reason for your existence. I am that I am. How many of you know when you know I am, you have power to commit yourself, to abandon yourself, and to step right back to the very place that you fled from, and to face the very Pharaoh that you were afraid of, and say, I'm not here in my name. I'm here in the name of I am. I'm here in the name of the one who sent me. When you have an intimate relationship with God, you have power to face that dilemma you're in with the revelation I know who God is I'm not on my own I am is with me oh somebody lift your hand and say I am he is I am I am that I am in other words I do not change Exodus 3:14. God said to Moses I am who I am that's what you'll say to the children of Israel. Say to them, I am has sent me to you. In other words, I am whatever you need. I am whatever you require. I am the fulfillment of all your dreams. I am the desire of your heart. I am your healing. I am your provision. I am your deliverance. I am your father. I'm your mother. I'm your comfort. I'm your counselor. I'm everything you need in life. I am. Tell them I am. Would you lift your hands and worship I am? Yes, I am. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the presence of God. Right there where you see it now, where you're listening to this word, I declare I am is about to manifest in your life. I am is about to cause you to become fruitful. I am is about to give you power to commit to His will for your life. God says to Moses in Exodus 3, 7, The Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. I know their pain. I know their hardship and what they're going through. So God says to Moses, I am the God who knows what my people are going through. I am the God who has seen their affliction. And I am the God who's about to deliver them and bring them out of their bondage. I declare to you today, God has seen your trouble. He has seen your affliction. He has seen your sorrow. He has seen what the taskmaster has done. And your God has not only seen it, but your God is about to deliver you and bring you out. I need a hundred people that will like Moses say, God, I believe you are the God. So God is a tri-generational God. 
He's not only your God, but He's the God of your Father. He's the God of your fathers. He goes before you. He was, is, and is to come. And He is the God who says, I hear my people when they experience affliction, when they experience grief, I hear them. How many of you know God is showing Moses? You can commit to me. You can trust me, Moses. You can abandon yourself to me. Because I am the God who sees the affliction. I am the God who delivers. I am who I am. And I am the God who will bring you out from the hands of your enemies. And then Moses says to God, he says, but who am I? In Exodus 3.11, but Moses said to God, who am I? Somebody say, who am I? One more time, say, who am I? Moses says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So first God says to him, you can commit Moses because of who I am. I am God. But then Moses says, I know now who you are, but who am I? That I should go. That I should be the one. You see, before Moses met the Lord, he had no identity. Before Moses met the Lord, he had no idea who he was or why he was, what he was born for or what he was capable of doing. But when he met God, when he met God, he received identity. When he met God in the desert, he began to realize who he was. This is why I ended up in Pharaoh's house. This is why my mother put me in that basket on the Nile. This is why the crocodiles didn't devour me. This is why I didn't drown. This is why. Somebody say, this is why. This is why. This is why. Somebody shout, this is why. Tell the person next to you, this is why. Tell them, this is why I didn't die. This is why I didn't die. This is why I didn't suffer. This is why I wasn't destroyed. Because God had a plan for me. God had a purpose for my life. Oh, raise your hands and say, this is who I am. So God affirms his identity as a son. And says, Moses, I will send you. And he has identity. I want you to know as a son, as a daughter of God, you have been bought with blood. You have been bought in and brought into the family of God. You're not a visitor in the house of God. You're not an orphan in the house of God. You're a son and a daughter of God. And I want you to know, if anybody touches my sons, they touch me. And I'm here to tell you, you're a son and a daughter of God. And God says, I will not allow, I will not allow my sons and my daughters to be bound in Egypt. I will deliver them and bring them out and make them kings to possess the land. I need about 50 people that can shout today as a son, as a daughter of God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Moses realizes who he is and he says, Now I understand your purpose for me. He begins to commit to God. He begins to realize why he is there. 
And then Moses wonders what is he supposed to do. And God said to him, go to them in my name. We'll never discover who we are without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal to us who we are. And when he does, we can commit. And commit means to be completely holy, abandoned. When you are committed, you don't fear anymore. Most believers do not commit because of fear. Moses had fear. Moses was afraid. Not only fear, but even ego can hinder us from committing to our church, to our leaders, our pastors, to the kingdom of God, to our families. Or, But when, how many of you know, when you know who God is, when you know who you are, when you know what the Holy Spirit is showing you, your purpose, how many of you know you become fearless? And you are able to abandon yourself. Now Moses had some excuses. Don't look at me with that real church expression here this morning. Like you don't know what I'm talking about. How many of you have ever made an excuse? Come on, wave that hand. We are so good at making excuses. Some of us are, we, we, we can have degrees in the training of excuse making we are so good at it so Moses says I am not able I am not able I don't know how to speak he says my brother can do it better he said I don't want to make a fool of you myself and Israel he, he says I can't do it leave me here I'm busy with the flocks here in Midian but how many of you know God said to him put your excuses aside he said to him, I will give you the power. I will give you the words. I will be with you. I will even let your brother go with you. But you're the one who must speak in my name. You see, I want you to know there is a tailored destiny purpose designed just for you. You're, nobody else can stand in that place. God says, that's what I want you to do. And when you commit to God, you have to get rid of every excuse. You have to say, I am able to do it because Christ strengthens me. You have to say, even if I don't know how to speak, God will give me the words. You'll have to say, I'm not going to look for anybody else to be a better life group leader than me. I'm the one who God wants to be a life group leader. I'm the one who must pray. I'm the one. I'm the best person for this job. I'm the best for this company. I'm the best. Come on, somebody. We've got to get rid of the excuses that say, I don't want to make a fool of myself or God or the church. Or God says, don't you worry about that. I will manifest my glory when you speak in my name. Other people say, I have a lot of work. I'm very busy. Other people say, my family needs me. But I want you to know, you'll only be satisfied. You'll only be fulfilled when you commit to God, to His Word. When you commit. Remember, Jacob was not satisfied until he had in his life what he committed to. When you commit to God's will, God's plan in your life, God will fill your heart. Can you say amen? Can I, 
I'm going to just one more. Some of you are, 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 are you've got to have your, your safety belt on. Because God has an answer for every excuse. Stay with me now. But this, but that, but this, but that. Do you know that God has an answer? In fact, Jesus said these words in Luke 14, 15. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servants at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make, say it, <laughs> with one accord they all began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to test them. I ask you, please have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and edges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. What is the message in that parable for us? How do we apply it? Simple. God says, I am looking for available people. I cannot bless, I cannot use, I cannot anoint people that make excuses. In fact, the message is so strong and so clear there. God says, if we make excuses, God says, another, another one will take our place. If we reject God's call, purpose, plan, will for our lives, the vision, the kingdom, if we set it aside with excuses, for whatever it may be, there will be another person that will pick up what we never picked up. And they will receive the reward. Are you still here, church? Did you come for a prophetic word or what? Because if you want a prophetic word, we just got the word. God says, I want no excuses. I want everybody to avail themselves to my purpose. Come on now. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to have anybody else pick up my mantle, my anointing, my calling, my purpose, my dream. No, no, no. I'm going to avail myself. I'm going to say, here I am. I'll run with it. I'll do what you want me to do. Are there any people in this house that will commit to the vision of this house, to the house of God, to the kingdom of God, to expand it? Commit to your purpose, your business, your studies. Commit to where you are in life right now. Your relationship with your family. Be committed. Throw yourself wholly into it. And say, I will never stop. Like Jacob, I'll never stop investing myself into this. Would you raise that hand with me now in this place? And I want you to pray with me right now in this place. Everybody in this room, in fact, would you stand with me in the presence of God as we pray right now? As we pray right now, there where you are right now, would you lift your voice and just say, Father, 
I hear your word. And right now, I renounce the spirit of passivity, of complacency. I renounce it in Jesus' name. And I receive the power of commitment. I choose to be committed to you, to your word, to your purpose, to the vision of this house, to my family, to prosperity, to the will of God. I am committed in Jesus' name. Say, I receive the spirit, the anointing, and the power of commitment now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now lift your voice where you are. And I want you to pray in the Spirit. Pray in other tongues. Pray. Speak to God. Allow this Word to go into your heart and change you and move you. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, let it be done now in the name of Jesus. I challenge every member of this church, every leader in this church, I challenge every husband and wife, son and daughter, mother and father, commit yourself to the vision. Commit yourself to God. Commit yourself to the Word of God. Let us come back to our commitment for the things of God. Let's abandon ourselves fully to God in Jesus Christ's name. And we thank you, Lord, for your blessing that will manifest as we do it now in Jesus Christ's name. And everybody said, Amen. Would you give God the highest praise for His Word today? Give Him the highest praise for His Word. Praise, clap your hands like you're committed. Like you know who God is. Like you know who you are. Like you know what your place is in the house. Woo! Somebody say, Woo! Hallelujah. Every eye closed, please. This is not the end of the service. I first want to pray for people today that says, Apostle, I want to commit my life to Jesus Christ. I want to commit my life to the Lord. I haven't been committed. I haven't surrendered my all. I've held back. There's places in my heart, in my life, where I haven't surrendered to God. But today, I want to surrender. I want to abandon all. I want to commit my life to Jesus Christ. I want you to know He died for you. And He rose again. He paid the price for you to be forgiven, to be cleansed, to be washed, and to become a son and daughter of God. You don't have to be bound and oppressed anymore because Jesus has paid the price for your freedom. And as you commit to Him, the prison door opens up and you receive life and freedom. If you need this prayer right there where you're standing, I'm just going to have you stand where you are, and I'm going to pray with you and for you now. If you need this prayer, please slip up your hand now, and we're going to pray. Put it up high. If there's anybody that wants to pray that prayer of commitment, just slip it up high. We're going to pray. We're going to pray as a church. Everybody pray this prayer out loud with us this morning. Say, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Wash me in your blood. I commit to you, Lord. I abandon myself to you now. Receive me. I trust you. I know who you are. You are the Son of God. You are the Savior of the world. 
Wash me in your blood, Lord. I commit to you, to your kingdom. Say this, everybody in this church, every believer as well, everybody, say, Jesus Christ, I receive you. I confess you as Lord. Everything I have, everything I am is yours. You are Lord of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Secondly, I want to pray for people now who says, I need the power of God. I need the anointing of God. I need God to move in my behalf. Maybe you say today, I have things that I'm dealing with facing obstacles and I need a breakthrough in my life. I need God. I need God to bring me out of this struggle and this affliction. I want you to know God has seen you and His power is here to deliver you and bring you out of there.